Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Yes, sir. The one podcast in the world is to answer the second most important question in the world <laughs> that everybody wants to know. True. Is hiking hate from outside the draft when you can't even get in? And I know that's no shade, no shade, because <laughs> I know four years is a long time. And I know, and I rather, and some players do need that extra, you know, mm-hmm. little bit of help, you know, yeah. getting forward and getting to the next level. I completely commend those who stay. This yeah. is no shade. I just want to say that now. This is no shade. It's just the intro. It, like, I definitely commend those who stay four years and then come out later and be a more refined product. There, some players are ready a little bit earlier, and that's the players yeah. we're going to talk about today. So, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, they were going to go. Oh, it's Today is my favorite episode. It's Jason's favorite episode. I'm sure it's your favorite episode. Um, This is the episode where I literally give the keys over to my best friend, (laughs) Jason. (laughs) And, you know, and he just takes over and he gives us the top 30 big board. He does all the research, all the analysis, and he's going to give you the best, um, you know, content available. And I hope you guys like it. I know I'm going to love it. So um, without further ado, Jason, have you got anything you want to say before we get started? Uh, Yeah. I mean, today we have the top 30 big board. I've watched at least three full games of everybody in my top 30, except one player who I just couldn't find tape on, uh, except highlights. But yeah, we're going to try to strive to give you guys the best information. There's no copy and paste here. It's just my eyes and what, the way I view things. And I've gotten things right a lot lately. You know, I had Cam Thomas really high. I had Nichelle Bone, Bone Silent really high. Um, I got Christian Coloco right. So, you know, I've, I've done a lot of things very well. Uh, I also had Jalen Suggs lower. And, you know, let's see how that's panning out right now. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is we're really good. Um, we're really good at this draft stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All praise to, you know, like in all commending to Jason and the work that he does for real. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <clears throat> no problem. No problem. No problem. So uh, <clears throat> without further ado, we're going to jump right in here. We have uh, we're going to do the top 30 big board. We're going to go from 30 to one. Yep. And we're going to start with Number 30, Jason, who we got at number 30? Okay, number 30 is the only player I was actually not able to watch full games on. It's Bailal Cullaby. So he's ranging anywhere from 16 to 35 in mock drafts, a wide range. Um, his height listed at his place in France, which he actually plays on the same team as Victor Wembignana, but he plays on like a mm-hmm. lower level. Uh, mm-hmm. He's 6'6", averages 14 points a game, four rebounds, one assist, 53% field goal percentage, 35, three, three point percentage, 71% field, free throw percentage, but 
just to put a picture in mind, he's a six foot six guy. He's got a pretty nice handle and he has a good ability to get to the rim. He flashes the ability to have that Euro step that we've seen so many European people have. He's six yeah. six. Um we don't know his length because he didn't go to the NBA draft, so he didn't like actually officially measure. So we don't know his wingspan. But he's a very good athlete. Now, there's distinctions here. He's not like a great athlete. He's not a world class athlete. You know, but he's a very good athlete. Um, so his athletic gifts paired with the 35% from the three-point line paired with his good handle of getting to the rim is why he's going to be here at 30. Um, he's definitely going to be a draftable 3 and D, 2 guard, 3 type of guy that teams are going to be interested in uh, drafting. You know, the sadder thing is most of this comp is against pretty poor competition. Um, sometimes when I saw those highlight tapes, he was the tallest player on the floor. So it was kind of tough to gauge. But I could tell you this for sure is um, he's I don't think he'll go in the lottery because he doesn't show any shot creation for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, like he doesn't have any s- step back threes or, you know, he's going to handle and dribble and shot great. And this is going to be amazing. No, it's kind of like he either gets to the rim. He shoots standstill three. And, and he does it with pretty good length and pretty decent athletic gifts. So um, that's why he's here at 30. Um, there's con- conflicting reports that he's 6'8", but I'm going to trust the site that a team that he plays for at 6'8", since he didn't come to Combine. So he's going to be a solid 3 and D guy. And uh, yeah, that's my take on my number 30 player by Lil Cold. Okay, okay. And then, um, so... What team do you think he would be the best fit for? I think these are like, that's a great question. Oh, that's a good question because he's the kind of team that, let's say the Miami Heat, for example, the type of a team that's going to be in the late 20s, that if they draft a player at the late 20s, they probably aren't going to find anybody that's going to be able to play for them day one. They'll give them the time to develop or maybe early in the second round. Um, you know, the OKCs of the world, the... Uh, the Houston Rockets of the world, you know what I mean? Like that kind of team is where he's not pressured to play today because you're not going to get much out of him today. Um, yeah. So by all will be given four years in a supportive system where they don't just give up on him. I think that's going to be the best situation for him. Okay. Okay. So basically like one of those good developmental teams where they mm-hmm. develop talent really well. I would say that, you know, not to talk too much, but <clears throat> the Houston Rockets, I really haven't stayed. I don't really think they have... I don't know what their developmental team looks like yet. So, uh-huh. like, far as like what the players look like later on, yeah. but I like the hit Miami Heat for sure. I, they definitely develop really well. Spurs develop really well. OKC develops really mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So, I guess one of those teams will will look really good with with a player like that. So, I'm excited to see where he falls. I mean, yeah, me where too. he goes to, you know, because yeah. there's gonna be a lot of trades going on. So, somebody might trade for that pick. Yeah, maybe he's an enigma. It's he's tough to pin down, but yeah, he's gonna be thirty for yeah. me. <clears throat> okay. Okay. All right, so what about 29? All right, 29. This is where a guy I've watched three games of. His name's Julian Schrar. A lot of people have him early second round. He's 6'7", 6'9". Plays for Gonzaga. Averages 15 points per game, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 47% field goal percentage, 40% three-point percentage, 76 free throw percentage. Um, This is just... A guy that his his stats tell you the role and eye test of what I watch him says tells you the role as well. He's a three point shooter. That guy can shoot the fuck out of a ball standstill. If I had to say yeah. top five standstill shooter in the draft, Julian Scrawl would be on the list. Um, 
He's got a really quick release. He can also move with like all false screens. Um, and I actually did have the pleasure of scouting him before he recommitted last year um, or re went back to college because he went to the NBA Combine. And he definitely improved in his handle from this year and his ability to handle the ball and get to the rim, which gives you that idea because that modern three... 3 and D guy that you want needs to be able to attack closeouts, right? You know, if they're going to shoot mm -hmm. three as well as he can shoot the three. You know, they got to attack to be able to have the handle to attack the closeout and get to the rim. And, you know, he showed that year two, and that's why he's kind of bumped up to the really late um, second round. He's going to be an average defender, but his 6'7", six, 6'7", seven, six, six, seven height, 6'9", wingspans allow him to be able to play the two or the three and guard the two or the three. Um... My comp for him is Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles couldn't defend very well, but he could shoot the poo out of the basketball. So he's stuck in the league for a while. And this is a guy that can also help day one. He could be a day one bench shooter because his role is very defined. So uh, Julian Strahler right here at number 29. Okay. 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 And then so who would his, I mean, I guess, NBA comparison be? Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. Joe yes. Ingles. Okay. 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 That's not bad. That's not yeah. a bad comparison, considering how good Joe was in Utah mm -hmm. and just a really solid player. I mean, I know he got you know old, and but his game really, really ages well because he's not yeah. depending on athletic gifts. So true. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. In what team? Uh, what perfect fit? <laughs> what Lakers. perfect fit? <laughs> uh, Lakers. A Laker. Yeah. You hear He'd that Laker good. nation? They need the shooting, and he's six seven, so he'd be able to play many positions. Okay. All right. All right. I'm with right. that. All right. Let's let's move on to 28. All right. Uh, a tough name right here, Mohamed Gwai. Uh, plays for Washington State. Watched him play three mm -hmm. games as well. He measured in really tall to combine, six eleven and seven fifths. So he's basically seven foot with a seven three wingspan. Average fourteen points per game, eight rebounds a game, two assists, one block. Field goal percentage forty eight percent. Three point percentage twenty seven. Free throw percentage sixty seven. So this guy is a project. He is pretty athletic. He moves really well. Um, you know, the negatives are is he just doesn't seem to know how to defend the rim yet. He doesn't understand, doesn't seem very raw in understanding how to defend the pick and roll yet as a center. He doesn't really seem like he understands how to use his athletic gifts the best way yet defensively. So he's very raw on that side of the basketball. He's raw at rebounding the basketball as well. You see him get pushed around in positions you wouldn't expect somebody with this height and his athletic gifts to get. Um, he does have great touch, though. Mid-range-wise, like, he can actually hit a pull-up mid-range shot. He'll flash some shot creation, like a fadeaway every once in a while, if you watch maybe once out of every three games. Um, he's a pretty solid lob threat. He's a developing three-point shooter. Now, that 27.5% three-point percentage, I just said, is not like, oh, he shot five threes this year. He shot, like, 100 threes. He, he puts up... He really did shoot a lot. So, um, you know, this is the type of guy that you draft late in the draft, and he's a raw center, but it, what my comp is, an extremely raw Miles Turner. He moves like Miles Turner. The shooting, the touch, the mid-range, the pick-and-pop guy, the length, it's very similar. He's just very, very, very raw. He's going to take time, but the potential is there. The potential of him being a very good center is just way too tantalizing to not be 28. Um, so most people have him early second round, but I have him here 28 on my big board. 
He sounds like a Miami Heat player. <laughs> yeah. They all they all do. <laughs> they all do. They all sound like Miami Heat players. Is is that the perfect name for a Miami Heat? I guess, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like when you start talking about it, the only thing I could think of was Miami Heat would could use a player like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, they develop talent really well, raw talent really they well. They do. Yeah. They do. They do. They yeah. do. All right. So okay. Miles Turner goes to Miami Heat. Got it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sounds good. That's 27. 27 is Chris Murray. He is Keegan Murray's brother. I actually, due mm-hmm. to cross scouting, I've seen him play four games. Um, okay. Really taller than I expected. Six nine, seven foot wingspan. Um, average 20 a game, eight rebounds, two assists. 48% field goal percentage, 34% free three-point percentage, and 72% from the free throw line. Now, that 20 points per game is a mirage. Most of it comes from post-up, just like Keegan's, his his brother did last year. It's not going to translate to the NBA. Uh, but what mm-hmm. will translate is the length, 6'9", so he's going to be a power forward. He defends really well, um, you know, but he's not like a world-class athlete. But if I said at above average NBA athlete, that's what I would stick with. Can he shot create for himself? No. But can he get to the rim and finish? Yeah. Can he hit a standstill shot? Yeah. So he's going to be in an ideal, really lanky 3 and D power forward. Uh, my pro player comparison for him is Marcus Morris or any, either one of the Morse twins. I feel like mm-hmm. that's definitely who he is. So that's what Chris Murray is here. Okay. Perfect team. Um... Uh, Boston? Boston could use that. Really? Leg. Really? 6-9? They, because, they, like, they don't have a backup to Al Horford. So that's why I'm like Boston. Absolutely, yeah. Boston. Okay, so I guess my next question is, would he be ready, or would he still be oh, yeah, kind day of one. raw? Day one. He's, day, he's ready day one? He just doesn't have any upside. <laughs> he's gonna be what he's <laughs> gonna be for the rest of his career. There is nothing else, but he's gonna be solid. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so yeah. we got a Celtic. We got a couple heats in there. All yeah. Right. Um, what about twenty six? Twenty six. All right, Sydney Cisco. I'm not hundred percent certain if I pronounced that right. It's a tough name. Watch him play three league three games. He plays for G League. He also plays on the same team as Scoot Henderson. Um, six seven, six ten wingspan, eleven points per game, three rebounds, three assists, forty five percent field goal percentage, thirty percent. Three point percentage, sixty five percent free throw percentage. Now this guy's a very good passer. Um, that's definitely mm. probably the most elite skill that he has. He's a good athlete, not a great athlete, not above average, not average, but he's just he's a good athlete. Um, can he shot create for himself? No. Um, <laughs> can he get to the rim if it's open? Sure. Right. Um, the standstill part of his three point shot, his standstill three point shot is going to need work and develop. That's why he's kind of here. Um, you know, I could definitely see him being a good bench player for a while because of the passing and the size and the length. Or if the three-point shot comes along, he could make his way onto a starting lineup depending on the team. Um, mm-hmm. And my polo player comparison is a four-man Scotty Barnes. Same mm-hmm. length, good passer. Not a, like he's not as good as an athlete, not as good as a defender. So that's why he's a poor man's Scotty Barnes. Okay, okay. So, would he fit on Toronto? <laughs> nope, he's going to fit on the Golden State Warriors. Wow, okay. <laughs> that passing. There's a few guys in the second round, but I won't get into it, but uh, that could fit the Warriors passing-wise, but he would definitely fit. 
he would definitely fit on the Warriors. Them. Yes, because of his passing ability. Passing. Yes, they needed okay. that secondary passer behind Draymond. <clears throat> and he yeah. can knock down this three too. So it's developing. He shot thirty percent, so it's not going to be completely there yet. But the passing will, if he's on Golden State, will get him on the floor. Well, if he can get in the gym with Clay, I mean that'll work. For That's him, true. If he's a standstill shooter. So. That's true. Yeah, yeah. The best place to develop is three is probably Golden State. So yeah, that'd be a good fit. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, what about twenty five? Number twenty five. Another guy I watched three games of is Kobe Bufkin. A lot of people were very conflicted on him. Some people have him as high as thirteen. Some people as high. I have him in the second round. He's everywhere. Um, he measured in a little taller than I was expecting. Six five and seven fifths. So he might as well be six six. Uh, six seven wingspan, fourteen points per game, four rebounds, three assists, forty eight field goal percentage, thirty five percent from the three point line, eighty five percent from the uh, free throw line. First things first, stats wise, that's those are great shooting sports. Um, he's a pretty solid standstill shooter. He's not gonna wow you defensively. He's the average guy defensively. Um, he shows shot creation for himself. Um, I wish I saw it more often. Sometimes he can be a little passive. But like, okay, you, last possession, you showed this move. Okay, you can just take him, you know what I mean? So he can be a little passive. Um, you know, part of the things that I'm worried about him is he is not overly athletic. So um, he's really going to have to polish off his three-point shot and his shot creation to the upteenth degree to be able to get his shots off of the next level. Uh, but so that's why I disagree and have him a little lower than some people. But my pro player comparison here is Tim Hardaway type of guy, which is kind of funny because they went to the same college. Um, so yeah, Kobe Bufkin is here at 25. Tim Hardaway, Dallas Mavericks or Tim Hardaway singer? Dallas Mavericks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what's his perfect team? Ideal place. <sighs> Uh, I would probably go New York. They could hmm. use another guard okay. that could shot right off the bench because a lot know, of a lot of young talent. Yeah, yeah, that's where I would go. <clears throat> okay, okay. So we go. We got a Nick in there too. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, twenty four. <laughs> all right, twenty four. We have uh, these guys went to the same college, Michigan University. Jet Howard, who is Jawan Howard's son. Um, mm-hmm. He's six seven. He didn't measure at the combine, so I don't know his wingspan. But he looks like I guess six eight, maybe six seven. He doesn't look like a long wingspan player. Fourteen points per game, two assists, two rebounds, forty one percent field goal percentage, thirty seven percent from the three point line, and the free throw percentage is eighty percent. Um, he's a he's a good off ball mover. Um, he shows rare flashes of shot creation. Uh, but it's not super consistent, which is if I, he showed more consistent shot creation, be much higher in this list. He does make above average passes. He definitely um, could do that. He moves very averagely defensively. He has a little bit of a tightness when he moves. Uh, he makes good decisions. The issue is he has a terrible handle. Now, he's a type of guy that has a lot of go-to moves, maybe like three or four where he has a go-to moves, but he, if he dribbles the ball more than twice, it's going the other way. It's, it was, you watch full games of him. It's a real issue. 
it's a real issue in the idea of buying him and being a shot creator from the perimeter. Um, just long term and him being developed that because his handle is just so raw uh, when he doesn't just have a move when he's playing off a defender immediately when he catches the ball. So I see him more as an elite three-point shooting wing that could be a, you know, a solid defender, pretty average guy that has six, seven length and has some upside because he does have some moves every once in a while. So that's why he's kind of here at 24. Okay. Okay. And and then who who is this pro player comparison? Pro player comparison? Um, I don't have one off the top of my head. He's a similar t- type of Joe Ingles, but there's just a, a potential for just a little bit more. Okay. Okay. All right. And then okay. All right. Um. So twenty three. Okay. And also, I had this these guys in tiers, and everybody that I just listed off was tier seven, and now we're going into tier six, where I think there's a clear gap between the last guy and the next guy. Okay. Okay. So number twenty three, we got an international guy from FC Barcelona, James Naji. Um. This guy's six ten with a seven seven wingspan. That's just nasty. Five points a game, one rebound, uh, 48% free throw percentage. That's going to need some work. Uh, 66% field goal percentage. This dude's built like a truck. I mean, he's got shoulders wide as a... It's He's he's built. Um, he's a force of nature on the boards. I mean, he plays at FC Barcelona, and he moves those grown men around. Like, he is a rock. Uh, he's going to be a force at the boards at the next level. He's a good screener. He's a good lob spread. He does show really de- pretty decent ability to move on the perimeter. Like, he's good at it. He definitely moves his feet well. Um, he can definitely make you say, wow, with his shot blocking at, his, at the rim. I don't see any athletic weaknesses where it's like, oh, this guy's tight in the hips. Like, Rudy Gobert is tight. Even though he's vertically athletic. You know what I mean? Like this guy has no uh, issues. He's just a tad raw, but he's it. Um, with time, it's not too far away where you can't buy into the development. In uh, my pro player comparison for him is a stronger Clint Capella. Similar mm. length, similar height, similar ability to guard that perimeter, similar movement skills. Like Clint can jump vertically, move so fluidly. So, but he's he's just a bigger body, and he's going to be more of a force on the boards than Clint. So. I definitely feel like James Najee is going to be a solid center for a while for some team. Okay. Okay. And then what team would that be? Ooh, perfect spot. Either Boston or Golden States. They definitely need center help. You know, yes. Robert, the backup Thank to you. Robert Williams yes. would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Both of those teams need a lot of center help. Okay. Yeah. Um, 22. All right. Here comes the specialist. Ryan Rupair, um, he plays in the MBLs, the same league LaMelo Ball plays in, used to play in, watch him play three playoff games. Uh, mm. This guy's 6'7 with a 7'2 wingspan, six points per game, one assist, two rebounds, third, 23% three-point percentage, 35% field goal percentage, 70% from the free throw line. He guards one through four, um, you know. His flashes of three-point shot creation are extremely rare. 25% three-point percentage is scary. Um, He's very, very athletic, so he can get to the rim. It's just his handle is also raw. 
Um, so you might be thinking, okay, well, he can't shot create for himself. His handle's raw, has three-point shots are raw. Then why in the world is this guy number 22? Well, he's mm. a world-class defender. Uh, mm. It took me a while to find the right comp for him. I don't throw out these names lazily. It's Sean Marion defensively. Uh, wow, he's he's that freaky athletic. He's that freaky smooth. He he ah oh, he is so scary when he's guarding somebody. It he's put the clamps on this this guy is, can be an all NBA defender. And if that three point shot develops, he can be a solid three and D wing starting on any team. He's just so raw offensively, but that defense, man, is it special. Um, my first comparison was uh. Tearing to Sean Prince for the Detroit Pistons, but I watched Detroit, watched him, and he wasn't quite as athletic as this guy is. And I watched Sean Marion, and I was like, wow, I didn't realize how athletic Sean Marion was. So this is the comp here. This kid's yeah. he's he's a special defender. He just doesn't really do anything else yet offensively, but it's just his potent. He's just so great defensively that he's here at twenty two. Okay. Okay, okay. You said Sean Marion. So, perfect team is yet again the Miami Heat. <laughs> yeah, sounds like he player to me. Sounds like he sounds like a spur to me. But yeah, potato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. Well, he could fit on Nick Nurse's Toronto Raptors, but yeah. Nick Nurse isn't there anymore. So I don't know what the new Toronto Raptors look like. So yeah. I would say Heat. Yeah. yeah. Defensive right. presence. Hmm. Defensive presence. Alrighty. Yeah. You ready to 21. kick it? 21. All right, number yep. 21 is Nick Smith. Watch this guy play four games this year. He, he plays for the Arkansas Razorbacks. 6'5 with a 6'9 wingspan. 12 points per game, one rebound, one assist, uh, 37% field goal percentage, 34% from the three-point line, 74% free throw percentage. Uh, most people, when the draft season started, this guy was like a top four pick. Most people now have him like 14 to 30. He's definitely moving down on most draft boards. Uh, <laughs> the worst off-ball mover I have ever seen. He has no clue what he's doing. I do remember losing my mind watching him run into people. Like the the completely left side of the floor could be open, but he could just run in an opposite door. Like he just looks like he has no idea what he's doing off-ball. He looks like he has no idea what he's doing in those situations. Um, uh, you know, he's, he's a pretty capable three point shooter as a standstill guy. He has a very good handle, has a flashy handle. He, his bread and butter is the mid range. He has a good floater. He has a pretty decent move. So he can get to the free throw line here and there. He has a good sense of getting people up in the air and drawing fouls. Um, you know, the mid range is where he's best. Uh, he definitely has bust potential. He defends pretty well. He defends better than I thought, especially when I first, uh, I would say, above average two-guard defender, average passer. Uh, you know, the he's a volume scorer in college type of guy. The best-case scenario for him is Lou Williams. The worst-case scenario is he's out of the league in four years. Uh, and also, those shooting splits for a two-guard is extremely worrisome because... I made a list of 31 shooting guards in the NBA, and none of them had less than 40% field goal percentage in college. So, you know, yeah. the only guys on the edge was Anthony Edwards at 40%. Well, he's a freak athlete, you know what I mean? And Cam Thomas, who yeah. was at LSU and he needed to shot create everything. 
And Nick Smith being at Arkansas, he's playing with somebody named Anthony Black, who's higher up on this list, a point guard, right? So he's going to allow Anthony Black's great passer. So Nick Smith got a lot of good looks. So it wasn't like he had to shot create everything and not like he was in a terrible situation. So you put everything together and that's why I have him 21. Um, there is upside here. So that's why he's not way much lower. But yeah, 21 is where I have next. Month. Okay. All right. Let's just move right along. 21. Okay. So number 20 is uh, Duke Blue Devil, Derek Whitehead. Uh, watch their games with him as well. Most people have him around this range. He's six seven with a six ten wingspan. Average eight points a game, two rebounds a game, forty two percent field goal percentage, forty two percent three point percentage, eighty percent from the free throw line. He is an outstanding standstill three point shooter. Also, he did have an injury earlier in the year, so uh, a lot of his tape was pretty bad when he first was coming back. But his later, his last like ten games, he definitely improved and moved a little bit better athletically um mm-hmm. he's a pretty average defender he he does flash shot creation for himself but it doesn't do it enough to really be like okay top 10 pick type of thing he has a great body he's very bulked up and my pro player comparison for him is adrian griffin who was in last year's draft and i was lower on him um and i think he was i think he got drafted by the lynn hawks um in like the 12 to 13 range and i had him like 18 or 19 in my draft last year and i feel very similarly like he had a world-class three percent percentage just like Derek whitehead so they're similar guys they're similar strong bodies and you know they both had injuries and better highlight tapes in high school which is why people really love them more but that three-point shot is so elite, and there is potential for growth, and he has a great body, so that's why he usually hurt 20, not lower. But no matter what, you're going to get an elite three-point shooter off the bench if that shot creation doesn't come along. Okay, okay. And then what would his perfect team be? His perfect team would be... Pelicans? No, they got too many shooters and wings. Uh, they might be Dallas Mavericks. BI, so. Dallas Mavericks. Tom? Mavericks. Okay. Get okay. that time to develop, and he can shoot threes and space for Luca and Kyrie off the bench for now. True. Okay. Yeah, that it might be a good fit. It might be a good fit. Okay. So uh, number nineteen. Okay, number nineteen is a hot topic candidate. A lot of people have him everywhere. Amani Bates. Yep, I have Amani mm. Bates here at 19. Uh, he is six foot nine, seven fifth, so he's basically six ten. I thought that was a lie, so I've been scouting him this whole time, assuming he's like six seven, six six. So six ten wingspan, nineteen points per game, five rebounds, one assist. Field goal percentage is forty percent. Three point percentage is thirty three percent. Free throw percentage is seventy eight percent. And you know. He's a below-average defender. Uh, he's going to be a wing in the next level. He's a very, very, very thin guy. He gets pushed around off the ball very easily defensively. Uh, not a force rebounding at all. He, he's he's too thin. Um, think Brandon Ingram, maybe even a little thinner. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, pretty good three-point shooter. Like His three-point percentage at 33% doesn't match what he is because he's a shot creator. Like, he'll shoot... He'll shoot it from the deep, deep in within the three-point line, and he'll shoot step backs and side steps and 
Um, he'll sit really just r extremely tough shots. You have to understand that he's playing at Eastern Michigan, and if he doesn't score 22, 23 points per game, they don't win, right? They like they suck yeah. within the MAC, okay? Like so, they needed him to score so much that his efficiency numbers don't match the actual talent. Um, I and you know the reason why I believe that he can overcome the average athletic gifts that he has and the really thin frame that he has is I'm a believer that with skill paired with height or skill paired with something else can overcome average athletic gifts. And that's what I mm -hmm. believe in here with Amani Bates. Um, he has pretty good footwork. He can really shot create from really anywhere, mid-range, three-point line. He has, the he has the potential to become a three-level scorer at the next level. Um, he has a similar boom or bust feel to Cam Reddish. Similar type of guy, similar type of shot creator, similar type of wow. Like Cam Reddish will make you say wow while you're watching him play because the moves, right? Um, so he's a similar type of guy, and I would I would bet on him here at 19. I definitely boom or bust at 19. That's fine because this guy really does have a high ceiling of being an 18 point per game score in the NBA. You know what I mean? So mm, that's nice. Yeah. I have the 19th guy on my big board. That is nice. That is nice. Who was this pro player comparison? I, I Cam Reddish. Really Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. That's, that's solid. That's solid. That's solid. This, that's one of the, the few players that um I hear a lot about is Imani Bates because he was such a phenom in like high school. Mm -hmm. Like they were like, oh, he's Imani Bates. And then he like came to college, you know, didn't do quite well. Then yes. I think he transferred. Yep. He hit the portal, transferred, and then a new player came out so yeah um i'm definitely excited to see what he can do in the, on the next level me too you know considering he i believe he will be drafted yeah um let's hit 19 i mean sorry 18 okay now this is one that people are gonna be surprised i have him so low keontae george now some people have him most drafts is four to twelve um in the draft keontae george is from baylor 15 points per game six four uh, he didn't measure in his in the combine, so I can't confirm that. That's what he listed at Baylor. No uh, measurement on his wingspan, but if I had to guess, I'd get 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, 15 points per game, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 37% from the field goal percentage, 33% three-point line, 79% from the free throw line. Um, you know, just like I said, with Nick Smith, no shooting guard. That is in the NBA shot less than forty percent from the three point from the field goal percentage. He he has a similar issue there where he shoots thirty seven percent. You know, but I'm not a complete stat person, but the eye test also matches that. He's an average mm -hmm. passer, average defender. And, you know, the intrigue and what people love on the highlight tapes is he's a deep three point shooter. Shooter like he he like he really shoots it from deep. Like he, I wouldn't say like. I guess Dame, like that kind of length from the three point line, like he could really sh he really shoots it deep. He really mm -hmm. he has great moves. He has a great understanding of shot creation. He has really advanced footwork from the three point line for himself. He has issues finishing at the rim. He has a stronger body, um, you know. But part of the reason why I'm really worried about him is when you watch him and, and he plays. It's just so tough because every shot you you can start to see the more you, he plays that he has to force those shots because he just can't 
shot create for himself because he doesn't have the athletic gifts. 6'4 mm-hmm. plus an average athlete it is a very tough situation to be in as a two guard in the NBA. You have to have some sort of overwhelming skill, and that would normally come from this three-point shot creation, uh, deep three-point shot creation. But it's very raw, and it's very undeveloped, and he has real issues shooting over length. Like, I, I watched him play sometimes in ba- the teams that he played against when he was playing for Baylor and, you know, place in Kansas, for example, where they'd have 6'8", Jalen Wilson, 6'8", Grady Dick, and he'd give them so many issues. Like, he has real issues getting his game off against whenever he does face NBA talent, which really mm-hmm. makes me worry about him. Now, that three-point shot from the and his moves is why his upside is so high and why I can't have him lower than 18, but I am very worried. Um, and I'm also worried because situationally, like, his field goal percentage is un- unacceptable due to the fact that he's playing at Baylor two years ago Davion Mitchell and John Butler got drafted in the NBA draft out of Baylor. Both guards, no place develops and is a better place in college for guards to be able to be their most efficient selves than Baylor. So a guy Mm -hmm. playing that inefficiently in such a perfect situation where his point guard is going to get drafted in the NBA draft late in the second round. And he had a small forward that was really athletic as well that if he would have stayed in the draft, he could have been a late second round draft pick as well. Like they had talent on the team. They have the same head coach that won an NCAA championship a few years ago. Like that place mm-hmm. is great for guards. And for him to play that inefficiently in that situation is another reason why I'm lower on them. Um, so there's a lot of signs of bust here. And, you know, I'm I'm going Keontae George here at 18. And he's a hot topic, but I disagree with a lot of people. Okay, okay, okay. It's 18, Keontae George. Um, So I guess I have a question then. Okay. So would you say that the reason for his inefficiency is because of the difficulty of shots that he takes because he is shooting from deeper? So it's, you know, it's not a normal three. That's a good question. Uh, You know, not every shot does he shoot there. I would say he shoots two Mm. to three a game there. But Mm. I would say the difficulty of shot creation comes from the lack of athletic gifts. And that's why I'm worried. Mm. Uh, okay but he does have the skill to overcome it it's just his skill is just so raw and undeveloped and it's just like so far away that it's hard to judge if it's ever going to develop and i'm betting on no okay okay so hmm so then who would be the perfect spot for him to kind of unlock those gifts then oh dear goodness the perfect spot for him to unlock those gifts um a small marketplace like Indiana, a place where he's not going to be expected to do much. You know what I mean? And, you know, maybe, you know, a really bad team. I'm blanking right now. Detroit, Detroit. Yeah. Detroit, something like that. Something like Houston's, you know, a developing team. Mm -hmm. That's very raw. That's far away. It's going to be the best chance for him, but yeah. I, I'm worried about this game, and that's why I have him at 18. 18. Okay. Alrighty. So let's move on to 17. Okay. Number 17, we have Derek Lively from Duke University. Um, 7-1 with a 7-7 wingspan. Five points per game, five rebounds a game, two blocks a game, 65% from the field goal percentage, 60% from the free throw line. This guy is a 
he's he just does so many things very well. He's a very good rebounder. He's a very good lob threat. He's a very good re rim defender. Now, is he the next coming with Rudy Gobert? Is he really elite at any of those things? No, but he's very good at all of them. He also has above average passing for the position. And he also moves pretty well in the perimeter. Um, he definitely is not super tight-hipped. Uh, my pro player comparison for him is a 7-1 Jared Allen. Uh, mm. You know, he's he definitely... Like, these type of guys that are great at rebounding, going to be a grid lob threat, going to be, you know, a good shot blocker at the rim and can move on the perimeter is a $100 million man. Like, Jared Allen got paid, right? Like, if you can do those four skills very well in the NBA, if you have nothing else, like, he has nothing else, he can't post, can't shoot a three, can't shoot a mid-range, can't do anything else, you can still be a start, good starting level center. So, you know, that's what he's going to be. He's going to do his role very well. Uh, on a team for a while. Okay. Okay. Um, so then let's move on to 16. Okay. Sounds good. So here's a, another guy that I'm lower on than everybody else. Grady Dick. A lot of people have him mm. from like six to nine in mock drafts. I don't see it at all. Um, plays for Kansas. Six, eight with a six, eight wingspan, 14 points per game, five rebounds a game, one assist. 44% field goal percentage, 40% three-point percentage, and 85% from the free throw line. He's a good mover without the ball um, on the three-point line. Really understands how to play off his shooting from the three-point line. So he can drive to the basket and finish, right, when people overplay his mm. three-point shot. He's an elite standstill shooter. Um, he's an average athlete with no real shot creation in his game. Average defender. Um, and a lot of people are confusing... Him hitting like two shot creation shots in the whole season, and then watching that highlight tape, right? Like he's he's a highlight tape guy where he had two shot creation shots in his whole year, and people are like, "Oh, Grady Dick can shot create from the three point line." Well, I watched Grady Dick play like three games, and he didn't do it once, right? <laughs> like your highlight yeah. tape is such a small percentage of what his actual game is that's diluted some people. My pro player comparison is Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson's a really mm. solid guy. Shoot, he can shoot the poo out of the ball, right? But can't really do much else. But he has a good role in the NBA, and you know, I feel like that's like a perfect comparison for me personally. Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson. Okay, and then what team would be the best fit? Um, you know, the Orlando Magic have a few draft picks in the draft, and I could see them drafting him. Um, as a rotational three-point shooter to provide spacing for Pablo. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, so what about 15? 15, another guy I disagree with. Man, uh, Anthony Black, Arkansas. A lot of people have this guy. Pfft, I've seen him as high as 5 to 12. Most people have him there. Mm-hmm. He's a 6'7", six, six, uh, with a 6'7", wingspan. Um, 13 points per game, 5 rebounds a game, 4 assists, 45% field goal percentage, 30% 3-point percentage, and his free throw percentage is 70%. He's a good defender. He can really defend the ball really well. A lot of people love the fact that he's he's a point guard, so he's a tall point guard at 6'7". Um, he's a very good passer, uh, but he's not like overly elite at passing. He has no real burst athletically. No mid-range shot, no three-point shot. Like, that three, 30% three-point percentage is the most fake 
three-point percentage in the NBA draft. Like, if he was forced to shot create and shoot three to four threes a game, his three-point percentage would be, like, 22%. Like, he has no skill in the mid-range. No pull-up, no floaters. He just has no feel in the in-between areas. He can't shot create for himself at all. Um, and a lot of people are using uh, Josh Giddy as, like, okay, well, if he can't really do anything else, well, Josh Giddy's in the NBA. What people don't understand is Josh Giddy's a world-class passer. Right, this kid is mm-hmm. just a very good passer. And Josh Giddy also had the craziest layup package I have ever seen. That guy had these insane abilities to throw the, that ball off the crazy angles off the rim, and he could shot create more from every level uh, in the NBL. NBL, and people are really, really overrating this guy. Like he just doesn't like a point guard that can't do any shot creation at all for himself is a tall task to be in the NBA. Like People don't understand how stacked that point guard position is. So that's why I'm a little mm. lower on him. Um, you know, a lot of the ways he scores his points is getting to the rim and finishing. I don't think he's going to be as good as that at the next level because his lack of athletic gifts kind of just finished with length, right? Being 6'7". But that's not going to just be able to get him by at the next level. So, you know, I'm really worried about him. And that's why I have him 15. In my opinion, he's a poor man's Lonzo Ball. Um, wow. But I I definitely, you know, there's Michael Porter Jr. here. Not my, my, Michael Carter-Williams here, where people mm. uh, pe- people always assume that that tall point guard is going to be able to make it in the NBA um, and give him a bunch of passes on lacking on the eye test. And, you know, that's he has a bu- bust potential. But he does have the potential to... If he develops the three-point shot like Lonzo Ball to be a good, you know, player on a team, even if he's not point guard, depending on the team that he has around him. So that's why he's here at 15. It's a good defender, just like Lonzo Ball is a good defender as well. So that's why he's here. Okay, so if the comparison is Lonzo, would you say that his passing ability has the same effect as Lonzo's passing? No, no. Meaning that it can make the, oh, so it does, he doesn't he's have a poor that kind of ability, with ability as well. He's a poor man's Lonzo okay. in that ability as well. Yeah. Okay. There's there's okay. there's differences there. That's a good question. I think his passing is a little overrated. I don't think it's the world-class mm. passing that are, I think he's a good passer, right? But there's differences here. He doesn't manipulate defenses like Alonzo did and have world-class passing ability to hit like crazy difficulty passes. You know what I mean? Like Alonzo and Lamelo yeah. have the crazy difficult passes ability and Anthony Black doesn't have that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And while we're on the topic of Alonzo, just want to wish him a speedy recovery. Yep. Hopefully, he comes back <laughs> soon. Exactly. Couldn't um, agree more. He doesn't have to end his career. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Fourteen. Yep. This is the end of tier six. So everybody from fifteen to twenty-three was all in the same tier. So um, this is all tier five now. And fourteen on the big board, Jordan Hawkins. Due to cross scouting, I've watched him play five times. So I've seen a lot of tape on him. Uh, He's six five and seven fifths, which is basically six six, um, with a six seven wingspan. Sixteen points per game, three rebounds, one assist, forty one percent field goal percentage, thirty eight percent three point percentage, eighty eight free throw percentage. He's an average defender. Um, he's a very good athlete. Um, he also is elite off ball mover. Like they in UConn, they put him through a ton of off ball actions. I mean, he's very elite at it. He's also an elite standstill three-point shooter. 
Um, he has the ability to, when he curls off those screens, um, his athletic gifts and uh, finishing ability gets flashed in those situations, which is pretty impressive. He does have a good mid-range ability. He does have like a nice mid-range pull-up uh, two-point shot. His potential is like a three-point shooter, you know what I mean? Like a three-level score with the mid-range and his athletic gifts. Um, he just doesn't really shot create much for himself within that system, so it's kind of... It's probably going to be a little bit raw and take some time for those possibilities to develop, but that's kind of what the potential is. Um, you know, I think realistically, though, more athletic KCP is what I think it is. Like, KCP is great at coming off ball screens. KCP is a pretty average, maybe above average defender. You know, can hit a mid-range shot if it's open, can curl to the rim, but this guy's more athletic than him. So uh, that's why I have him here, 14, Jordan Hawkins. Jordan Hawkins... 14. Okay. Alrighty. What about 13? 13. All right. Defensive maestro, uh, Kaysen Wallace, point guard from Kentucky. He's 6'4 with a 6'8 wingspan, 11 points per game, three rebounds, four assists, 44% field goal percentage, 34% from the three point line, 75 free throw percentage. Uh, I don't say the word generational talent lightly, but this is a generational guard defensive talent. Uh, He's amazing. He locks people up. He He's amazing on ball. He'll steal things very easy. He picks people's pockets. Uh, you know, just to put things in perspective, like, there's different levels of great guard defenders. There's Alex Caruso's of the world that when they're on you, it's, like, locked. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, you're not going anywhere. And Case and Wallace can lock up on ball. And then there's like the Marcus Smarts of the world where they can lock up and they can draw fouls, right? They can make you really get pissy at them and hate them and like, oh my gosh, like get under your skin. You know, he has a mm -hmm. little bit of that in him as well. Um, he might not be as vocal as Marcus Smart, but he can definitely get people to draw fouls like by, you know, tying up the ball, flopping, all those type of things. He has all those instruments in his defensive arsenal. And on top of that, he also can jump passing lanes. Like, you know, John Stockton's the all-time leader in steals, and he did a great job of using his basketball brain to jump passing lanes. So, you know, he's also very, very, very special with that. And on top of everything else, like, the reason why I say generational is he has all those things wrapped into one and another thing, which is the manipulation of the offensive end. Like, I saw that guy manipulate spacing and manipulate pick and rolls off ball and force the offense to do actions that aren't as good as what they want i mean i saw that guy be off ball and there's been a pick and roll like a few feet away and him just know that the pass is going to go to the center and he'll leave his guy and then he'll come off his guy and steal the ball like the crazy stuff that you only see like generational basketball defensive minds do right and it's it's like he has eyes in the back of his head if you beat him on the back door cut keep the ball because it's going to be worth a thousands of dollars in about 10 years um he somehow <laughs> plays so aggressively off ball but can still always be in a situation where he can come back to his man and like close out you know what i mean like matisse theibel is the type of guy that plays very aggressively defensively trying to get steals trying to get blocks the things of that nature being a pest but, you know, Matisse has issues where he'll somebody pass the ball out to their guy and he'll give easy shots. But for some reason, Kaysen Wallace is just always knows how far to push it, but not push it too far. 
Um, yeah, this guy is brain athlete. Well, he's not like a great athlete. He's a above average good athlete, but his brain wrapped around like he's just he's Draymond Greenish at the point guard position. That's the only way I can explain it. Where it's just defensive brilliance and spacing and understanding how to manipulate things. Like this dude's a demon defensively. So I don't throw around the word generational with anything very lightly but this is by far the best guard defensive prospect i've scouted even davion mitchell who i loved nowhere close davion mitchell is not in this guy's uh atmosphere defensively he's so special um he's just amazing uh offensively you know he's not world class he can take a standstill three-point shot he's a point guard he makes pretty decent passes. He always makes the right decision, but he can't really shot great for himself. Not an overwhelming athlete. He's going to be a very average offensive player, but his defense is just so special that it's 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 too great to leave off the board. Like he he you just can't not play him. So, Kaysen Wallace is here at number thirteen, man. Ooh, okay, interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, so. So who was his pro player comparison again? I'm sorry. Doesn't Go exist. <laughs> doesn't exist. Oh, he doesn't have one. No. Really? No. So no Kawhi Leonard-ish, Paul George-ish? No, because they don't have the minds. Like, they don't have the defensive minds mm. like Draymond does. You know what I mean? Like the manipulation of things. Yeah, so it'll be like Draymond. Yeah, it's That's it's kind of like Gary Payton and John Stockton merged defensively. Wow. Like That's, that scary. The brains with the lockup on ball. Mm-hmm. That's his potential. It's 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 dude's ridiculous. Is he DPOY? He can be a DPOY from the guard position. And that's just how great. Okay. Insane. Okay. All right. Uh, number twelve. Okay. Number twelve. Oh man, somebody I have a man crush on so much. He's definitely one of my favorites. I have him a little higher than everybody else. Um, a lot of people have him fourteen through twenty-eight. People are very conflicted. Also, a little clap. Clap with me, Chris. Clap. Okay. Let's clap it up for the highest ranked, the best NBA prospect to come out of the Ohio State Buckeyes since D'Angelo Russell. This is Bryce Sensible, baby. Yep. (laughs) Bryce Sensible, 6'6", with a 7-foot wingspan, uh, 16 points per game. Uh, five rebounds a game, one assist, 48% field goal percentage, 40% from the three-point line, 83% free throw percentage. To put those world-class shooting spreads in perspective, in the last 20 years, the names of the guys in college averaged more than 15 points per game, 50% from the two-point percent, like, within the three-point line, 40% from the three-point line, 80% from the free throw line. Are Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Laurie Markkinen, Ben McElmore, and some random guy named Mike Dom who played at the lowest of lowest level of deep. So that puts into perspective how yeah. crazy his shooting splits are um, for a volume guy. Uh, now, the knocks are this guy does not have great burst. He's an average, maybe even below average athlete. Um... Now, shot creation for himself, this guy, three-point line, can he shot create? Yes. I mean, sidesteps, step backs, hezzy dribbles, handle, breaking down your defender, getting into the mid-range, scoring if that's open, 
you know, breaking down this defender. Like, this guy, can he drive to the rim? Yeah, right? And he just has all of the skill, man. He's so skilled. It's really good. He's so much fun to watch. Um, you know, he does po touch the post sometimes, but I see so much tape of the skills in him not in the post situations to believe in it going to the NBA. And the reason why I'm not worried about him being a slower guy is he does have one thing that I think is going to allow his skill and his skills to translate to the next level, which is a big guy. Like, he's a very strong, big human being. Um, and the proof of concept here is if a really strong guy cannot use his strength in the NBA to get his skills, his skills and his shot off, then why can a six foot two Desmond Bain guy that's really strong average twenty a game? Let's think about that for a second. Is he a great yeah. athlete? Nope. Does he have really good skill? Can he shoot from the three point line? Can he go over the mid range? Yeah. Okay. So then, how does yeah. that tiny six foot two guy get his shots off in the NBA and world class athletes? Because it's built like a freaking tank. That's how. Okay. I don't care how you create space as long as you can in the NBA. And his size. Okay. Strength-wise, is gonna allow him to create that space. And Desmond Bates, six-two. I think a guy who's six-six, who's built like a tank, will be able to get a shot off. I just with seven-foot wingspan, maybe, just maybe, right? Just, just maybe, he'll be able to get a shot off, right? You know what I mean? Like, I believe in his game translating due to the body build, right? Joe Johnson had a yeah. great body build. Carmelo Anthony had a great body build. They weren't world-class vertical or straight-line athletes, but. This guy has a lot of skill, and I'm very much in love with him and Man Crush. I love shot creators. Um, yeah, Bryce Sensible here. Is he going to be a world-class defender? No, but he'll be at least at be average because of the strength. Like, think about Grant Williams, Marcus Smart. They're shorter guys, you know what I mean? But they're, like, mm -hmm. how strong you are does help defensively. So I, I think he'll be able to get by. A lot of people are very controversial about where he is. Nobody really agrees, but I, I'm in love with him. Bryce Sensible here at number 12. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so what would be his perfect team then? Oh, my goodness. Perfect team. Orlando Magic. They desperately need a two-guard that could shot great. They desperately okay. need guards. I mean, they have Franz Wagner and Pablo, so they definitely need just guards that have potential to become great starters in the NBA, and that's 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 him. Okay, 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 okay. All right, so number 11. All right, going from one man crush to another. Oh, my goodness. Jalen Hutchavino. <laughs> you know I love a guy. When I create a nickname for him, he's a smooth criminal. Uh, <laughs> I watched four full games of him. He's 6'6 six, six with a 6'10 wingspan, 13 points per game, four assists, four rebounds, 42% for the field goal percentage, 33% from the three-point line, 77% from the free throw line. Um, he's not a great ver uh, vertical athlete, but he moves very well. Um, he's also a very good defender. He moves very well laterally in that way. Uh, good, pretty good strength. Loves to play at his own pace. He's definitely a slower pace guy where he'll like to take his time with his moves. He's a very good passer. Um, he shoots well from the three-point. Every once in a while, you'll see him shot great from the three, but it's very rare. But standstill-wise, he can definitely shoot. Uh, but point guards-wise, the best mid-range shooter in the draft is definitely this guy. His great touch, he has great footwork. He can expose a center if they're in drop coverage or they're not closely guarding him. He will make it. 
-hmm. floaters, mid-range shots. He also comes off ball screens. Like, that's how... You, you want to know when your point guard is great at shooting the mid-range? When he comes off ball screens and shoots them like it's nothing. Like, <laughs> off that tough angles and stuff like that. Like, he's got it all. He has great touch from the mid-range. Um, he's dynamic in the pick and roll. He's just so freaking smart and so smooth. And he plays at his own pace. So people have kind of misconstrued how athletic he is. But his six six size... He's also a point guard, right? So six six size... It's going to help a lot. Um, you know, I love the fact that he's such a smooth guy. Um, I do think that he he won't be a world-class guy at finishing the rim, but he can definitely finish at the rim at the next level. And he also has a brass set of balls because the the thing that made me go wow on this prospect was I was watching him play against Purdue, and he was mm -hmm. playing against Purdue. People don't know college basketball. They have a guy named Zach Eady. He's seven foot four. He won national player of the year. He averaged 22 points per game. Um, and like late in the game, they're tied. And earlier in the game, I watched them play and he got his shit smacked by Zach Eady. And the rest of the game, he kind of just kept on shooting those mid range shots. There's like 20, there's like 40 seconds left of the shot clock. They, if they make the shot, they take the lead. And this fucking guy with his brass set of balls goes to Zach Eady and finishes at the rim to take the lead. I mean, this guy, he's 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 got that it factor. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. anybody that can get that shit smacked at the rim, the last time they went to the rim and go finish with that at the game on the line, dude. That that guy's a gamer. Uh. You know, I'm sure you can tell by the way I'm talking about him. I, I, this is a man crush guy. This is somebody I believe in a lot. Uh, you know, Jalen Huchifino is a definitely going to be a good point guard at the next level. Poor man, Shea Gilgis Alexander is my comp for him. You know, plays that similar mm. slow style where they'll really take their time in the mid range. And, you know, that's, that's my comparison is poor man, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Okay. Okay. And then, um, now we're in the top 10. Yes, so sir. Next tier. Uh, let's see here. Uh, nope, this is still tier five. Okay. But right. number 10, 10, going from man crush to man crush to man crush. All right, let's keep it moving here. GG yeah. Jackson. A lot of people are very, uh, a lot of people have him 16. Some people have him 28, anywhere in that range in the draft, you know. Uh, he's a power forward from South Carolina. Watch him play four full games. He measured a little taller than I was expecting. 6'9", 7 fifths. So was basically 6'10", with a 6'11", wingspan. Averages 16 points per game, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 38% field goal percentage, 32% from the three-point line, 67% from the free, free throw line. He's a very good defender. Like, uh, I watched him play against Brandon Miller, who's, you know, a lot of people know the top five in the draft, and he really gave Brandon Mich Miller issues. So, um, if he can guard Brandon Miller that well, that's a good sign for how well he's going to be as a defender. He moves very well laterally. He's not tight in any way. Uh, he can hit a solid catch-and-shoot three-point shot. Um, he can hit a pull-up in the mid-range. He gives you a ton of tape and ability to have in the ball in his hands and being like a ball handler and shot creating. Like, it plays like a small forward, even though he has a power forward body. Uh, he definitely learns how to make better decisions. He has a bad habit of South Carolina sucked this year in the SEC, so they got beat by a lot in games, and he took a lot of tough shots to try to, like, try to shoot them back into the game. So, you know, uh, 
um he just makes you say wow a lot like his shot creation his movement his ability to create shots is just really elite um and you know i love power forwards that can get to the rim and finish and have that handle because i feel like the revolution the power forward position is the handle and the ability to get to the rim and every top 10 power forward in the nba right now has got great handles you know what i mean so he shows you a ton of tape it's not just like one or twice it's like 20 game times a game he has the ball in his hands and he's handling it and he's shot rating like he is he really does it at a very good level um you know he can be lazy defensively when they're losing so you know coaches will want to will be upset at him for, for that um uh, so i definitely think that uh coaches in the next level will be very angry for him that um you know he's not a world class athlete but he's a very good athlete Part of the issues, though, is the three point is the field goal percentage, which is thirty eight percent, which is an issue. But you know, when you pair together the fact that he was at South Carolina, and if he didn't score twenty two, they don't win. So you know, every shot that he is shot creating is an extremely tough shot. So I think that field goal percentage is a little uh, overblown on how bad it is. And on top of that, I do think no, I think I know. He's the youngest player in the draft class. Like he forewent his senior year of high school to go to college. Like he should still be in high school. Mm. So he's a year behind development wise than anybody else in the draft. So his his shooting splits would be better year two. You know what I mean? And that would be at the same age range as everybody else in this draft class. So when you pair the situation plus the age, and you look his stats through that lens. That's why I can look past his stats, unlike unlike a Nick Smith, unlike a Keontae George, who are lower in the draft. Um, you know, if if this guy had like better shooting splits, he'd be a top five pick, top three pick. Like that's how good the tape is. His tape is top three pick. Um, his tape is superstar in the next level. Like he really does have that potential. Um, it's just very raw. It's gonna take time. He's also gonna have motivation questions because he he does have lazy moments when he's getting beat. And uh, so there will be those questions, and, but I, I, I think he's worth the pick here at ten. GG Jackson. GG Jackson. Okay. Okay. What about nine? Number nine is a definitely a different type of player than GG Jackson, but also a power forward, Jarvis Walker. A lot of people have him. I'd say five to nine in their drafts. So you know this is kind of similar, and this is also the end of tier tier five. This is the last guy in tier five. 11 points per game, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, <clears throat> um, 46% field goal percentage, 35% three-point percentage, 66% free throw percentage, 6'8 with a 7-2 wingspan, so he's really long. He can definitely hit that standstill three-point shot. He's a pretty solid passer. He, he does have the ability to create his own shot from the mid-range every once in a while. You might see it once or twice. When watching tape of him, it's pretty rare. Uh, you know, he does catch the ball in the post, sadly, a decent amount at Houston, which is just not going to translate. Uh, he does flash the ability to drive to the rim, but his handle is also very raw, where he takes more than two dribbles, and if it's not open, he's not going to really be able to do much. Uh, but defensively, he is special. Like, he's a built like a mountain. He's extremely strong. Might be the strongest player pound per pound in the draft. Uh... He moves ridiculously well. He's defensively freaky. Uh, it's just going to be a very, very high-tier role player in the NBA. Shoot the three, defend the poo out the ball, defend multiple positions. 
He's so lanky and strong that he can even defend the rim. Like, Houston, he plays center. Like, that's how good he is at defending the rim. And my pro player comparison is an inch shorter Al Horford. Like, Al Horford's a similar type of guy where he can shoot the three ball really well. He can defend the rim really well. He can guard the perimeter really well. He was much more athletic earlier in his career, which comps him more to Jairus Walker. And just like a very, very high-tier role player in a championship-level team that he can be. So, Jairus Walker is here now. All right, all right. And what about eight? All right. And the number eight, this is start of tier four. This is the start of Thompson Brothers. This is a sore Thompson. It's number eight. Plays at OTE. Um, it's a very a lower level league in in America right now. It's like trying to develop young kids from the age of sixteen to nineteen. Um, people don't know what it is. He's six seven with a seven foot wingspan. Sixteen points per game. Seven rebounds a game. Six assists a game. 48% field goal percentage, 33% for the three-point line, 66% free throw percentage. He's a good defender. He's not going to be a great defender at the next level. He's going to be very good. He moves very well. Uh, he He's a very good passer. Just like his brother, he's a very good passer. People think just because a man Thompson's a point guard that he can't be a point guard as well, which I disagree with it. I view him as a point guard. Um, he also... I think he's the better passer than a man because he can actually manipulate defenses. Like he'll throw the pass before the guy is going to be there. He'll throw the pass where the shooter needs to move to, to get the best shot. Like he'll manipulate defenses. I definitely can tell that he has a good basketball mind. Um, he can post, uh, he can hit tough mid range shots. Um, and he can hit a standstill three point shot and he can shot create very well. And he's just so when you run a pick and roll through a source, Thompson, something good is going to happen, right? He's either going to pass something or get a really good shot. And a lot of good taller point guards in the NBA that are 6'7 have the ability to have the mid-range and post to expose smaller guards. So that's why I really think he can uh, play the uh, the ability to be like a shot-creating guard at the next level. I love how Calmy plays. You know, OTE does have an issue, though, where they play terrible defense. It's a lower level. Some of those are 16-year-old kids that may be three or four stars, but still they're very young. Uh, the guards don't play defense. The laziest defense I've ever seen. College coaches would literally uh, lose their minds trying to coach them. Uh, it's it's They get lazy. So he is, his clips are not perfect. His, his competition is tough to judge his talent. You know what I mean? But I think him being here at number eight is what he's worth. And I, I, I disagree with a lot of people. I think he's a point guard. I don't think he's a two. Yeah, so, you know, we're going to go ahead and transition here to the number seventh guy on my big board. It is Cam Whitmore <clears throat> from Villanova. Um, six seven with a six eight wingspan, average twelve points per game, five rebounds a game, one assist, forty eight percent field goal percentage, thirty four percent from the three point line, seventy percent free throw percentage. You know, his his greatest gift is strength. He has a similar physical and just body build overall as Carmelo Anthony. 
like where he's very strong in his legs and able to play through content. He has a very elite first step. Um, he makes his elite first step makes it really tough to guard him. You know, every once in a while you see some sh tough shot creations off the dribble. Um, even though it's kind of unrefined and not like a hundred percent there yet, but it's it does give enough to warrant hope of it developing into a legitimate skill in the future. In his still standstill shot, um, he's a pretty average defender for his size. He moves really well laterally. Um, you know, he's he's a, a below average passer in my opinion, but. What he really is on the next level is a guy who could be in a very efficient 17 points per game if that three-point shot creation comes along. And it's just, um, he's so physically built that when he gets to the rim, he just moves people. Like, it's just so tough for people to guard him at the rim. He's just so strong. And that elite first step mixed with everything else is why, you know, he's here at number seven. He has real athletic gifts. And... You know, I, I definitely believe in him as a scorer. Like, he's definitely can get a bucket, man. So, Cam Whitmore here at number seven on my big board. Oh, okay, yeah, so let's move on to six. All right, number six. All right, the man crush. A guy I'm way higher on. Every year I got somebody, and this is my somebody. Maxwell Lewis. A lot of people have him... In the 20s, uh, people used to have him like 16, but now people most have, have him in the 20s. 6'7", with a 7... 6'7", and a 7th fist with a 7-foot wingspan, so he's basically 6'8", which is he measured a little taller than I was expecting, which was nice. Um, he does play at Pepperdine. 17 points per game, 5 rebounds a game, 2 assists, 47% field goal percentage, 35% 3-point percentage, free throw percentage is 78%. Um, and I would like to say, just because I watched him play at Pepperdine does not mean I did not see him versus good competition. I watched him play against Gonzaga, which was a four seed in March Madness. And I watched him play against UCLA, which was a two seed in March Madness. And watched him play against Santa Clara. But, you know, two of those games were against great competition that have guys getting drafted in the NBA this year. So, you know, I definitely think that he's a good finisher around the rim, has a good layup package, can dunk on people um can sometimes be lazy defensively but he is gifted at that side where he does have good athletic gifts and he will be able to be a good defender at the next level um you know he surprised me at this ability to handle right like i was expecting a three and d guy when i first watched him but that handle is very developed he can get to the rim in the finish he doesn't need a screen or any anybody else to do anything for him he also has three-point shot creation where he's hitting tough shots and taking tough shots and a high quantity of them, where it's like, wow, that was a good move. Wow, that was a good move. And wow, that was a good move. And his handle is not perfect, but it's close to being very good. You know what I mean? And I also think that in the mid-range, he has shot creation as well. Like, he has all the ability to break down the defender and hit tough shots over people at every single level of the four offensively. Um, he's an average passer for his position. And, you know, his... His upside is a three-level score while also being a good def good defender. Like, I don't understand why people are so low on him. Uh, there's a lot of bias that goes on with players that shot create like this at lower levels. But say that to Damian Lillard, who played Weber State. Say that to Steph Curry, who played at D.F. Davidson. Say that to C.J. McCollum, who played at L Lehigh. 
say you know like there's a gazillion guys that are shot creators that come from this level that can develop and can translate Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's not like he has a bad like his shooting splits when after you take in everything i just said where he's the tough shot creator for his team is insanity 47 percent field goal percentage 35 percent three-point percentage and 78 percent from the the free throw line for the tough shots that he takes is ridiculous so, you know, a lot of people are lowering him because late in the year, people started doubling him in the last five games. So he just didn't look as good. And his stats kind of dipped a little bit in the efficiency numbers. But it might have been a little higher. Uh, he's not going to get treated like that in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to, oh, double. I have NBA talent around me, and I'm going to kick him out and pass. He doesn't have that situation if Pepper died. And you know who else got right. doubled a lot later in the season? You know who else draft stat dropped? Because this kid used to be borderline lottery for a lot of people. Trey Young. Yeah. Do you remember when Trey Young was Oklahoma and they sucked and everybody in the Big 12 was doubling him at the freaking volleyball line and his draft stock dropped because he just wasn't playing as efficiently? Like, you people don't understand basketball. I'm so sorry, but you don't, you just don't get it. Um, there's just way too many guys. Chris Middleton's of the world that are shot creators that aren't world-class athletes, but they could just break down their defender. And, you know, mm-hmm. my my comp for him is a slim, uh, 98% of what Brandon Ingram is, or maybe 99%. Mm-hmm. Like, just that guy that can shot create at every level. And I'm just so amazed that people... Like, this guy has real moves. This guy has real ability to break down angles and stuff like that, like... Maxwell Lewis, I don't understand it. I'll disagree with it with everybody. This guy's special, and he's number six here. Maxwell Lewis, man. Maxwell Lewis. All right, let's, let's get into number five here. All right, now this is the start of tier three. Um, number five here is Amen Thompson. Uh, this guy is also from OTE, Sora Thompson's twin brother. 6'7 with 7 foot wingspan, which, I mean, twin brothers with the exact same measurements is a little insane. Like, not even an inch off, yeah. not even like a quarter of an inch off. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Uh, 16 points per mm-hmm. game, 6 rebounds a game, 6 assists, uh, 56% field goal percentage, 27% from the three point line, 65% free throw percentage. Uh, you know, he doesn't really shoot. He can't really do anything shot creation while he's outside of the free throw line in. Uh, he just doesn't have much scoring skill from the mid-range and the three-point line. I mean, 27% with a terrible OTE defense is, like, ridiculously bad. Uh, but he has world-class athletic gifts, like Andrew Wiggins. Athletically, lengthwise, and defensively is his comp, right? Like, th- with those things. Like, he definitely is athletically can get it. Uh... You know, and the reason why he's here at five is with the passing. The dude's a point guard, right? Mm-hmm. So he has high basketball IQ. His athletic gifts with the pick and roll situations, being able to break down the defenses with his passing ability, it leads to a lot of ability where he's going to be able to get downhill. And he's going to hit those corner shooters, and he's going to lead to a lot of efficient scoring that's going to happen on the basketball floor. Um, he's just so freaky long, six seven, paired with those at- Andrew Wiggins-like athletic gifts. Paired with his passing, this guy's got huge potential. Did he get? It was it tough to scout him due to him playing OTE? Yes. Is he going to be a little bit more raw? Yes. Is it going to take him time to grow through things? Yes. 
But, you know, this is a guy who doesn't really have an ideal comp. Maybe a Andre Godala 2.0. But, you know, this is, a, this is a guy that has so much athletic and passing gifts. Um, and he also has, I know you keep on asking me, perfect fit. Perfect fit is the Houston Rockets. I mean, his passing mm. is so needed on that team. And his defensive gifts with Ime would make so much sense. So... You know, if I'm Houston at four, I'm drafting a man if he's there because he makes way too much sense. But, you know, a man Thompson, number five, biggest boomer bust. I mean, this this if this guy develops a three point shot, he can be a superstar. Definitely. So mm. it's it's tough. Yeah, he's he's a tough prospect. OK. <clears throat> Amen Thompson at number five. What about four? Number four. Uh, all right. In the end of tier three is Brandon Miller. Most people have him number three on their big boards or drafts. I have him just a smidge below, but I still love him just like everybody else does. Um, he is from Alabama, 6'9 with a 6'11 wingspan, 18 points per game, two assists, eight rebounds, field goal percentage of 43%, 38% three-point percentage. Uh, free throw percentage 86 uh, this guy could literally write a book on how to move off ball i mean he is world-class off ball mover he's very dis- disciplined he understands how to cut backdoor cut understands how to you know curl off screens how to play off screens how to get his three-point shot off um, his three-point shot is beyond special standstill wise like this dude is a heater when he catches fire, he can he can drop forty in a game in college like it's nothing. Um, you know his his only weakness is defending a- attacking the basket. You know he he has issues attacking the rim. He got better at it though as the season progressed, which is a good sign. But you know he he does have issues finishing at the rim due to like lack. Of, he's a little tight athletically, uh, but. There's every once in a while where he'll show flashes of shot creation, but it's really, really, really rare. Uh, uh, but he does, you know, he just, he's such an efficient player where he always makes the right decision. He's a very good defender. He, he just understands how to play and manipulate defense to try to get his three-point shot off and, you know, get to the rim if they overplay. And he's so tall and long. And my, my pro player comparison for him is Peja Stoyakovic, except a smidge more athletic and mm-hmm. you know Peja people don't realize when he was with Sacramento he had a year where he averaged 22 a game and he had a few years where he averaged like 20 ish a game so you know Peja definitely could play had a world such a world-class three-point shot that it was so ridiculously more valuable than just saying oh we have a great three-point shooter right like he's he's in a special air as a three-point shooter um mm-hmm. and you know, the length at 6'9 is great. He's a good defender. He always makes the right decisions. And him, he's also a little higher because every once in a while, whether those flashes or three-point shot creation happen, it's like, wow, if that really develops in the NBA level, this guy is going to be a star, right? And that's why he can't really be lower than four. So Brandon Miller here at four. I feel like this is the right fit. That is crazy. Taking it back with the Peja comparison. Okay, to my favorite Sacramento yep, team. There you, you go. Know, I'm happy. <laughs> that was for yep. me. If you didn't yep. know. Um, <laughs> right. Number three. All right, number three. <laughs> He's my man crush. Also, I'm a big fan of this guy. But and most people have this guy four through eight in mock draft. So it's not ridiculous for me to have him three. Taylor Hendricks from UCF. 
All right. And also, he is in the same tier uh, as Scott Scoot Henderson. So let me <laughs> that talks about how much I love this kid. All right, I'll teach you guys a lesson here. All right, this guy is six nine with seven fifth, six nine seven fifths. So he's basically six ten with a seven foot wingspan. Fifteen points per game, seven rebounds, one assist, forty seven percent field goal percentage, thirty nine percent three point percentage, shoots seventy eight percent from the three, uh, from the free throw line. He's a very good standstill three point shooter. Can he shot create for himself? No, it's all standstill. But thirty nine percent from the three point line, getting that from a six ten player is pretty nice. Um, he is in a freaky air defensively. Um, where he could be a DPOY candidate. He's very similar to Serge Ibaka, defensively and athletically-wise. I mean, I've never seen a power forward, a 6'10 guy, be so freaky smooth that when somebody when they're running the press against another team, he's the guy guarding the ball when they inbound it. Like, that talks about how freaky it is. Like, full-court press, yeah. most of the time, the centers are in the back trying to defend the passing lanes, and the most... Usually the guards, because they're the most quickest and smooth-hipped-wise, are at the front pressing the ball. Like, he was the guy pressing the ball up the floor. That that just never happens. You don't see that happen ever. Nobody's 6'10 moves that smooth, but he does. That That's how freaky smooth this guy is. He can be a weak side shot blocker. Will he ever be at the center position in the NBA? Probably no. Uh, but he can definitely weak side shot block. He can guard any position one through five. He he's a pick and roll nightmare due to fluidity and length. Uh, you know he he can be he has the potential to become a DPOY type of guy, similar type of guy who just won the DPOY is Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, just so ridiculously fluid. So okay, so even if I just love this guy. DPOY type of guy, standstill three-point shooter, that doesn't warrant the number three pick, okay? This is why. I believe in a certain section of his game, and that's the handle. And I think I'm above, I view his handle much higher than everybody else does coming out of the draft. He definitely, whenever he handles the ball, it looks so natural to him. It looks so easy to him. It looks, it looks so sound, right? And he, he just doesn't do it a ton at UCF. But whenever he does, it just looks so fluid. It looks so easy, and it looks and he doesn't really have any issues. And you know, the million dollar move that sold me on his handle is when he's playing against Houston and facing Jarris Walker, who I comped to Al Horford and said is a freak of nature defensively as a power forward. He the million dollar move is he gave him a crossover and went into the rim and dunked. Okay. Okay, he did that against the freaky defensive prospect Jairus Walker with his handle. And it's just like, wow. Like, he, his, his handle is so wow. And the reason why mm -hmm. he can't be any lower than three and why I would view him close to Scoot is, okay, name a player that's 6'10", freaky athlete, ridiculously smooth, has a great handle, and... Does basically just that, uh, 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 Giannis. Okay, so the formula that is there, you don't need to be able to shot create yeah. from the mid range to be able to get your game off if you're ridiculously athletic and long like that. Now, I'm not saying he's Giannis. I don't. He's not Giannis, right? But the blueprint for his world class athletic gifts, length, and that natural handle is there. You know what I mean? And on top of everything else, the motherfucker shoots 39% for the three-point line. 
But you know what's going to happen? If that three-point shot and that ability to get to the rim connects, then people can't play him close. So if his handle mm-hmm. develops, uh, I, you, people can't play him off, I meant to say. Like, they can't play him like they play Ben Simmons of the world. They can't play him like they play the Giannis's and play off because he has that three-point shot, right? So even if it's just a standstill, so if we get that handle that I believe in, if he's going to be able to get people so close to him with his length and his athletic gifts, it's going to lead to a guy that can be a superstar. Um, that's why I have him three. You know, the potential's way too high and tantalizing when that handle develops. So, you know, I believe in the handle more than everybody else, and that's why I have him here. But it's just, it's he's just too special athletically and lengthwise, and the handle... Like, I was I was trying to look for power forwards that had that handle, and I was like, wow, this guy really has it. It just looks so smooth. You know, even though you just don't see it a lot in UCF, and it makes me upset. Like, I'm yelling at the coach, like, why are you not putting him in positions where he can show this handle off? But, yeah. I, I Taylor Hendricks has way too much potential to me to be a star in the NBA, to not be at the same tier as Scoot. So... I have him here at three. Okay, okay. Got him there at three, Taylor Hendricks. Now now we're moving into the final two where, you know, we would have assumably Scoot and Wimby. Yes, sir. So let's hear, let's hear about Scoot Henderson All since right. we know he's number two. <clears throat> number two in the end of tier two. So I don't view Wimby in the same tier as Scoot. So, you know, Scoot Henderson's number two. Um, 6'2 with the 6'9 Winston, plays in the G League, 17 points per game, 6.6 assists, 5 rebounds, 48% field goal percentage, 27% from the 3-point line, and uh, 40, 76% from the 3-point percentage. He is an elite finisher at the rim. I mean, anybody that can score at the rim against Victor Wimbyama, who's 7'4, can score on anybody. <laughs> um, that's, that's his bread and butter, and that's by far his most elite skill. He's going to be able to get to the limb, rim at an elite level at the next next uh, level. You know, he, he has an off-and-on switch defensively. Um, if, if it's a game where, you know, it's situations where they're up by a little bit, he can get kind of lazy and get that John Morant syndrome where he can get lazy sometimes defensively. When he's tuned in defensively, he's like, wow, he's athletic. Wow, he's strong. He can be a good defender, but... It depends on when he's tuned in, and so he's going to need a coach that's going to have to ride his ass and be a little tough with him. (laughs) I'm so sorry. He's going to need a coach that's going to kind of whip him in the shape there defensively to kind of give that defensive focus, but he does have potential to be a good guard defender. It's just he doesn't bring it every night. Um, You know, he takes way too many chances off ball defensively. He's he's a little bit of a liability that way. you know, he doesn't take bad shots offensively, though. He's an advanced cutter. You can tell he loves the, play- the game of basketball, though. He plays a, a fire and an energy. He's a little bit conf- uh, infectious in that way. Uh, he definitely seems like a leader as well. He's a very solid mid-range pull-up, right? So if the center's playing too far off, he can definitely hit that. And it's not, not like super raw in any way or form. He definitely has a developed mid-range shot. And that development rate shot is going to be able to keep that center in positions where he can get to the rim. You know what I mean? So he can't play super off. Um, he shows 
rare flashes of a step back three for where he's in the mid range and he's gonna he's looking like he's acting like he's trying to find a spot to shoot and then he'll hit a step back three. Now he's only done that like once or twice in the four games or three games that I watched him play, so it's very rare and you don't see it a lot, but it does give potential for him in the future because that's the shot that could really develop his game and develop him as a become a superstar. Uh, very good passer. Uh, you know, he's a high basketball IQ player, can manipulate the game. Uh, me personally, I think his passing reminds me a lot of Kyle Lowry, where he's, Kyle Lowry is a very smart basketball player. Like Kyle Lowry, like five to eight years into his career. You know what I mean? Like where Kyle Lowry could really manipulate defenses and always made the right pass and understand how to expose matchups like a smart player. You can like, uh, you know, my pro player comparison for him is John Wall, but there's a mix of John Wall and Kyle Lowry. So John Wall in the athletic gifts. I don't think he's John Marine, Derrick Rose, you know, the con Russell Westbrook. Like there's world-class athletes that are the Dominique Wilkins of the world, the MJs, the Derrick Roses. And there's like a gap there of like the Andrew Wiggins, the John Walls, you know what I mean? And this this guy's in that class. He's he's a John Wall level athlete. John Wall is special athletically. And, you know, and I expect him you know, John Wall's most of his assists though came off from his ability to attack the rim, where he didn't have wasn't as smart of a passer as Kyle Lowry was. So I'm saying Scoot's a better passer. Um, but that twenty seven percent from the three point line is scary because he doesn't take a lot of tough three point shots. Most of his shots are you know, straight up. So he has a similar worry of John Wall that that three point shot may never come around. So that's his biggest weakness in his game. Um, so, but Scoot's very good player. You know, he's a very great player. If I had to say best point guard I've scouted in the past three years, no, I would have Cade above him. Uh, but you know, I, he's a very good player, not a generational talent, but it's a very good talent. That's going to be a very, could be an all-star for many years. Right. So that's the way I view Scoot. Okay. And also there's some developments, you know, possible rumor mill stuff. Um, that the Pelicans might be willing to deal uh, Brandon Ingram in it to Charlotte in exchange for that second pick in order to pick up Scoot Henderson. You know, that would make a lot of sense for both sides. Um, I could definitely see that. Uh, point guard is des desperately needed there in, uh, in New Orleans, so it would make a ton of sense for them. So that would make a lot of sense. So, yeah, I would I would agree yeah. with that. <clears throat> All right. All righty. And without further ado, All right. drum roll, please. Victor Wembanyama. All right. Anybody knows me, what, listen to this podcast, whenever Cade, Cumming, Cade Cunningham came out, I was like, do not throw the word generational talent lazily. You know what I mean? So am I going to say Webby is not a generational talent? <gasps> he is. Okay. <laughs> Glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Glad we got that out of the way. This is freaky. Um... As you all know, from France, seven foot four, eight foot wingspan, twenty-one points per game, ten rebounds, three blocks, two point four assists, forty-seven uh, percent field goal percentage, twenty-seven percent three-point percentage, eighty percent free throw percentage. Um, I would say that a lot of people are like, okay, Chet just came out. Like, what's the difference? Okay, well, he's a little bit more built than Chet was. He's also bigger. Um, so you know, I. I think body type wise, he reminds me of Kevin Garnett, where Kevin Garnett mm. younger years was thin, but you could tell that like he was still like gonna be thin ripped, right? Like where he like had some de definition 
right? Like light definition as he get got older, he, his definition grew in more. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. I think body type wise and muscle structure wise, um, that's who he reminds me of. Um, this dude's a freak of nature. Everything's insanity. Uh, <laughs> he's he's so insane. Let's just let's just start somewhere because I just could talk about him for hours. Uh, he's a guy that can be a lob threat. Obviously, he's very athletic. He moves freaking well. Anybody that watched Ralph Sampson play in the eighties, he and how freaky he moved athletically for the seven three size or seven four size. Uh, that's he's a similar mover to that. Um. Uh, he can cover so much ground defensively. He can win DPOY just because of the pick and rolls. Like, so many pick and rolls are in the NBA, but he's so freaky long that he can defend the rim and pressure the pick and roll, right? Where it's just insanity. Like, he blocks shots in the pick and roll that I've never seen people block, other than maybe Dwight Howard or, you know, think about world-class, like Hakeem Olajuwon, where they block shots in that pick and roll where the guards point guards trying to get that mid-range shot off and that's why he can win dpoy just because the blocks like between the shot blocking at the rim seven four he's freaky he's freaky off ball he he covers so much ground he's so tough to score on like he could have four blocks a game realistically especially because the pick and roll defense and the freakiness and just he's so freaky along we we've never seen a guy be seven four move that well in the nba with how much of the pick and roll is run today. So he's a pick and roll nightmare. Um, and offensively, you know, what I would like to say and should put in perspective about why this kid's so amazing is the best scoring footwork I have seen in the past three years is Victor Wimbanyama. Okay, that puts how perspective how ridiculous this guy is, right? And Part of the issues with these taller scoring centers, Bull Bulls of the world, Chet Holmgrens of the world, is because they're so tall, it's so tough for them, even if they have a pretty decent handle, to handle against at NBA athletes, right? And it's tough for them to get through their spots and tough for them to shot create just because it's tough for them to create space and get that handle off the ground. Um, it's a tough thing, right? So, But his counter to that is the world-class footwork. That world-class footwork is able to get him to wherever he wants to get. And he's also not a guy that like, okay, I have a few spots that I want to score from. No, he's reactionary. Whatever the defense gives, he'll do, and he'll have a crazy move off of it. He doesn't just have one move. He'll just, okay, the guy's playing a little off step back three, three-point shot. Okay, they're giving me more space. I'm going to do a one-dribble pull-up, right? He plays like Kevin Durant in that sense where... He just has crazy moves and counters that are so ridiculously defined everywhere. You know what I mean? And he's he's a counter puncher, and, and he's just like a kind of guy that just got to move for every defense, right? It's, it's impossible. He is this world-class footwork. It's all crisp. It's all fast. It's all perfect. It's all just, it's amazing stuff. His footwork is insanity. Um, you know, she's 27% for the three point line, which may be a worrisome thing for some people, but the dude averages 21%, 21 points per game, shoots a ton of ridiculously tough threes. So, you know, that three point percentage is not really reflective of how good he is at actually shooting three point three ball. Uh, this is a generational talent. This is a guy that can be the best player in the NBA. Um, this is a guy that 
He's also an above average passer. I've seen him make some pretty nice bounce passes, pretty nice passes in a general sense. So, you know, he has a good feel for the game of basketball passing wise. Rebounding wise, it will take him a while because he can he can get pushed around because he's just a thin dude. But, you know, overall, at San Antonio, that's a perfect fit for him. Whatever the best version of Victor Wimbiana is, he's gonna you're gonna see it at San Antonio because they're gonna be able to develop him to the umpteenth degree. And um, you know, Wemby pro player comparison doesn't exist. I mean Kevin Durant type of guy. Like that's the best thing. Seven four ish KD type of type of guy, but it's just so special. We've never seen anything like it. Generational talent. You know, I definitely think draft wise, he could definitely be throwing the names with the LeBron Jameses, with the Shaqs, with the Kareems, with the Wilts as the greatest guys to ever come out of the draft. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Best draft prospects, wow. top five. Wow. wow I mean, wow, he, wow, honestly, okay. all time wise, he has the potential to be the greatest player ever. Ever. Because the greatest, wow. because think about, like, a big think about it like Mike. Great, all-time mm-hmm. great players have to be world-class defender, which I just said he could be a DPOY guy because of the spacing and how, how fluid he is. And, you know, they have to do it at both ends. And I think he could average 32 a game and win a DPOY. And, you know, have 14, average like 10 to 11 rebounds. Right? Like, that's special. And two yeah. to three assists. And the Spurs are going to develop that passing ability to the best ability that he's going to be able to beat. So he, he's he's got world class yeah. potential. Wemby is no joke. Wemby is no joke. Okay, all right. So now that we finished the top thirty big board, I do just want to have one you know final question for you, Jay. Just give me an overall theme of this year's draft and your big board just to kind of the culmination of everything you know just to sum everything up what is the overall theme of the big board and the draft this i'm year? so glad you asked that because i was i thought i was going to say it earlier this is the year of defense i mean to have guys that i call a generational talent the two guard position and have like four guys that i could say oh yeah i could see if things develop him winning dpoy is insanity there's like five guys in this draft class, even in the second round, that could be Jay Crowder type of guys. There's a few guys. There's like four or five guys that can defend the poo out of the guard position. There's a few guys that are elite shot blockers, right? Like this is the year of defense. This is this is a ridiculously deep defensive draft where there's not going to be many guys that are defensive liabilities that are going to come out of the top 30 picks. Like they, there might be three or four. Right, like it's it's ridiculously gifted defensively. Um, even just the amount of guys that are above average to good defenders is just insane. I I haven't seen since I've done this a more a good a better defensive class. Okay, all right. So to sum it up, we this is the year of defense. Yes, sir. Um, no so scoring in this paint. Got a lot of. <laughs> No scoring, <laughs> except for Wimby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wimby, giving everybody buckets. I can't wait to watch. Yeah, that's gonna be exciting, especially in the summer league. Oh yeah. Um, the only time we're gonna ever watch the summer league is watching fucking Wimby play, man. I don't trust the summer league at all, scouting players, but I'll watch Wimby. Yeah. Whew. Of course. Um. 
so yeah so like i said um you know the draft is next thursday yes. so um hopefully we will be able to do some a little bit of live coverage for that for you yeah. guys um so uh jason is there anything you want to say before we close it on out you know thank you guys for listening uh this has been a you know packed episode ton of information definitely had so much fun uh making this guys for you guys you know let's enjoy the draft together and you guys are definitely uh we're gonna do something for the draft definitely it's gonna be some sort of reaction video that's gonna come out afterwards it's gonna be great definitely I'm Jason Collins, and we are the Basketball Boys. Peace. Ouch.